0: So we're recording, all three of us, on your computer here?
1: No, only the two of us. Zach is in a separate room. In case you haven't noticed. (laughs)
0: In case you did not notice, thanks.
1: Uh, Hi. hi. Hello.
0: Cool. Um, So, we're all back from WWDC. Do you guys feel like we managed to get everything into the last episode?
1: Yeah. So, this week we just take a break. Is that what you're alluding to?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we're talking about... Canada for the whole three hours. <laughs> I mean,
0: wasn't that the plan?
2: The floors. I, sure well, I mean, if you th-
0: if you do have three hours worth of Canada content, we're not going to stop you. Oh, um, look.
2: Nah, we can talk about other things like cloud storage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but we are going to move over to iCloud storage, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: um,
2: yeah. Definitely yes.
0: Whose plan does that go off? If you have a if you use the iCloud uh, cloud storage. Share in the share folder who is responsible for the data?
1: I think it's a person that added, like that adds it. I don't know if it counts against all people's because storage. we've
0: been talking about this in different cloud storage solutions. Nothing Google Drive, no, is it is it Dropbox that counts it towards everyone's storage? Yeah, yeah, so it feels a bit unfair. I mean, I see where they are coming from considering that you might want to make like local copies or personal copies of it, but. No, I still don't really think it should be something that's counted towards everyone. No. So, are you sure that it's going to be just the person creating it? Or no. No? <laughs> I have well, absolutely no if anyone from Apple is listening and is still considering how to deal with this, please just take it out of one person's account. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even that is a bit annoying because what we usually do for the podcast is all of us record, or I record Malin and me and then Zach is recording himself, And then we are all uploading that to Google Drive folder. And then I grab all those files and I process them. Mm -hmm. And then I push them back up. You make it
0: sound like you're doing a lot of work here. Um, We are also recording. We're (laughs) also helping out
1: Yeah, I I hit some buttons occasionally. Um, Yep, that that self-confidence in that level. (laughs) Um, But what that means is all that storage counts against my account because I changed the files. It's a bit annoying.
0: Oh, even if you just change the files, even if yeah, I, so I thought it was whatever the fold whoever creates the folder is the
1: one. No, 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 thinking. no, it's, it's on a file base. A file oh,
0: level. that's a bit unfair. Yeah, sure.
2: While we're complaining about our Macs, at least you have one that works.
0: <laughs> How is yours doing?
2: Not great. No. <laughs> oh,
0: How does the fans fan? Out? The
2: fan seems
1: to be enjoying itself this week. Yeah, well, gets uh, <laughs> blows out all the dust that it collected over the last few years.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have so clean keys. Not yeah. There?
1: Mm. Hmm. Yeah. No wonder they're not getting stuck. Yeah, it's hmm. it's pro- self-protection.
2: Who needs compressed air? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's um so I, I installed the beta of Catalina. So did you, Kai. So did you on your little MacBook yep. Pro. Um but you're recording from your iMac. I actually can't see you right now, so just for the listeners, I, I don't know this for sure. I mean, but I presume you're recording from your He is right
0: sitting now. here recording. I can see it.
2: Yep. Can you uh, confirm I, that it's I on my lim- MacBarlane? I could okay, send cool. a
0: picture, but I feel like that's a bit over the top.
2: Yep. <laughs> I could just get up from my seat, but...
0: But, yeah. How is that beta treating you, Zach?
2: Beta life is great. Are you overall
0: happy or overall sad about this life decision?
2: Well... How did it start? It started as a Kai complaining his Mac was slow. Yeah, and I don't. Me going, I have an older Mac that should be <laughs> slower, but it's actually faster. I'll install the beta too, so that we can compare on beta. And um, well, that happened. And overall, I'm happy because because I did a bit of work on Swift with SwiftUI, and mm-hmm. I got to use the cool new features that are only available in Xcode if you have the beta. So I think it was worthwhile. And was um, your
0: computer faster than Kai's?
1: So I think it still is. I can at least work from mine.
0: Okay, okay. So you proved the theory that yours is faster. I, I don't
1: know. I don't know. No? I I feel like mine is. It is all right. It's just going back and forth between that machine and the iMac is just um If you <laughs> If you want I difference. can
0: I can come up with a solution for you. Um if if you just want to make it feel like the iPad uh, the, the MacBook Pro is fast. I can just take your iMac. How is
1: that going to help me?
0: It's going to make you feel like the one machine you have is pretty fast. Yeah, I don't you have nothing think so. I don't think that's how it works. I think that's exactly how it works. I'm glad we came to a conclusion here.
1: <laughs> it's like saying, oh, walking is slow because I of a bicycle, and you're saying, let's throw away the bicycle. I don't think that makes walking any faster. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: no, no, you do have a point there. Yeah. I guess if you never bicycled in the first place, you wouldn't suffer right now. The same with happiness. So, if so you you're don't, so you're saying my
1: computer would be faster if it wouldn't have a bicycle. Exactly.
0: Okay,
2: that makes sense. <laughs> Good that so apparently, I'm the king of segways today. But hey, Vancouver is pretty walkable, isn't it? It is pretty walkable. Tell us more yeah. about the walkability of this. Oh, city. it's uh, it's ridiculous. This city is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so I've been here for what three nights now. I think with one to go. Yeah. short trip, but um, we got to. Him. <laughs> <laughs> they, they think they've got me i'm going home <laughs> they don't realize this we'll see we'll <laughs> see
0: maybe there's a storm tomorrow <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh no um yeah i mean we've, we've been doing lots of walking and it's a really walkable city and it's also like oddly residential for a city if that makes sense it's something like, i'm not it's used like to people it, actually,
0: actually are in the city
2: yeah, like, people live in the city, it's crazy, I know, this is madness, it doesn't happen in Australia, at least not in the CBD, like, you don't have offices and apartments that are right next to each other. But anyway, that part's really impressive. Mm. Uh, we, boy, we, we went for, what, a bushwalk A bushwalk today? That It's uh, not
0: a bushwalk. <laughs> we concluded that there is no bushwalk in the Apple workout app, so therefore it was not a bushwalk.
2: It was a hype. We haven't confirmed it's not in WatchOS 6, so the jury's still out there, but... Okay, so we went for a hike um today and it was like it was like, I don't know, like forty five, fifty minutes from like their place on public transport, which is pretty much close to the city. Like it's really close and nice and yeah, I mean there's nature nearby and everything's nice. See, we
0: didn't lie to you all this time. There are things to do here.
2: Oh, well, actually there is one thing that might not be as true as you made out. Actually, two. Let's go with all two. Right, all,
0: right. all right. I'm li- listening.
2: The first is the weather. What? A, what, what? Now, while I've been here, the weather's nice, but people still complain about the people weather. People so complain we went the...
0: about the weather in, Ca- in Australia, too.
2: They don't complain about the rain, funnily enough. Mm. Vancouverites, as I learned they're called <laughs> about half an hour ago, complain about the rain a lot. So that's the first thing. It rains a lot and it gets cold. Um right. apparently there's like three weeks a year where it's really nice and I just so happen to be here in one of the
0: I don't know where you're getting that
2: from. Um and then the other thing is the palm trees. I mean there's some There are palm trees.
0: But it's like you
1: told there are palm trees. a normal spread a normal spread of palm trees. That that is a lot. Normal spread is a lot for Canadians. Just kinetic. because we have
0: other trees too, it doesn't mean they like we should replace them with palm trees.
1: I've seen more bears
2: than palm trees. Actually, that's mm-hmm. not true, but it's almost <laughs> true.
1: It's almost it's true It's not true at all.
2: Even <laughs> <laughs> zero bears. Yeah, that is true. And I've seen
0: I zero point one at least palm, 10 trees? palm trees. Pro- no, it's not like a whole. Strip with palm trees. I would say probably oh, third. You can only count one palm a tree. Of
2: palm trees. Yeah,
0: it's a gaggle of palm trees.
2: <laughs> okay, we saw some palm trees. They were cool. I even posted some photos with palm trees, and I'm sure everyone thought I was a complete weirdo, but hey, it was fun. Yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, a complete weirdo. And you post with palm trees. <laughs>
2: yeah, that that wow. <laughs> that is true, though. All right. Um, yeah, so that's my like really mini quick review of Vancouver.
1: It's pretty cool. So are saying it's time. the most livable city in the world? No, I, would I wouldn't say, say, best say that I, I definitely best think Sydney's m-
0: in the world? Yeah. No,
1: Sydney's pretty good. Yeah. Sydney's pretty good.
2: Um Yeah. Cup sound. <laughs>
0: no. Maybe I'm, I'm you like it. Yeah, no, it's good. Um,
1: oh, I feel like there was something else I was gonna say. I gotta say, it's a bit weird that you're in a separate room. Despite being I know. In- maybe
0: you should join us in here. It's pretty warm in here though. It's not warm in <laughs> my on my side.
1: Yeah, well good for you.
0: Mm.
2: Hi. Yeah, that's I've weird. just ventured on over into the mini recording room that I've heard so much about, but never, never it, recorded in it, until it's now. A
0: it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Look at you.
2: You and your fans, they both have microphone stands, <laughs> and here I am holding mine like an animal. <laughs> this is how I do
0: it at home, too. Uh-huh. But anyway.
2: Okay. Maybe I should move to Vancouver for the microphone. Yeah, hand. we
0: also that have thing. Amazon here, so you could get it very quickly.
1: Ah, uh, that's true. Mm, I'm very much looking forward to trying to separate all of our audio tracks this week. It's
2: not, it's not happening. We can't do it. I impossible.
1: <sighs>
2: do you, you have the thing that lines them up? That lines them up? No, I don't have a thing uh, that lines them up. We need that Marco
1: tool that does that. Yeah. Build it, Kai. Build it. No. no, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for asking now. All right, should we talk tech? Okay. Do we have any tech?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so you guys did talk about your beta experiences. I haven't actually installed any, and I did lo- have a look at my partitions. Not even Xcode? Oh, I did install Xcode. There <laughs> you go. It's not a risky thing. I actually would like to install a separate partition uh, have a separate partition where I can install Catalina. Yeah, uh, yeah sounds like um, that. But I don't have enough storage. Hmm. I'm having I have 15 gigabytes free storage right now, so I feel like I have to deal with this in order to be able to actually install Catalina and then use Xcode Preview. Um, so overall, I haven't used many of the like niceties of Xcode. I sure have like the right side overview where you see text that you've been editing and things like that, which is cool. Um, but I'm really looking forward to installing Preview. What do you guys feel about it? You guys I actually mean, tried it out.
1: At the moment, it's still a bit rough, but I, that was expected, and it was also kind of what we heard heard throughout the week that those betas are kind of rough. Um, I, so I would, I think it's a good time to get started and playing with it, but it's hard because a lot of things, like certain things, are just not there yet, and others are are kind of a bit flaky. Um, so I think it's totally fine if if you're like if you're not. Not a thrill seeker, you're not really up, or you're not interested in that very early first seed rough experience. I think it's totally so, fine so to wait. Saying, yeah. To, I mean, if you want to wait a week and then install it, I mean, realistically, if you wait a beta or two, you can probably just install it on your main partition. As yeah. I mean, realistically, as long as you don't have data loss. You'll be all right, and submitting builds you can still through do through CI and in other things. So you wouldn't need to build something on a Mac that an Apple would reject because it's built with a beta tool chain. Um, and if you're if you're not planning on releasing anything before for September, September, then yeah. uh, might as well jump onto it.
2: It's it's an interesting one because I feel like this year more than ever you really have to be on all the betas to get a feel for the new features so it starts <laughs> with Swift UI <laughs> yeah. if you previously you don't you haven't really needed to jump on a Mac beta I mean you can use the the new version of Xcode on the old version yeah, of macOS and if you're yeah. not building a Mac app it doesn't make sense to install a Mac beta but this year I mean we should say that for Swift UI for a lot of the nice uh preview editor features you require uh, Mac OS 10.15. Same goes if you're building a Marzipan or what do you call it now? Catalyst app for the Mac? Project Catalyst. You can't,
0: yeah, what's Marzipan?
2: Oh, sorry. You can't actually build that app and run it on a Mac for, well, without having 10.15. And it's not like there's a Mac OS simulator you can use like you can for iOS. So it's funny, but this year I feel like if you're a dev who is building anything that you're hoping to ship in, in or around September, you really need to be on the beat. Now, definitely not beta one. Uh, I think taking this plunge is a little bit too early. There's a lot of things that are rough. Um, But hey, I I was keen to check it out and I I did a bit of work with SwiftUI over the weekend and quite enjoyed it. So I don't regret it. But um, yeah, it is definitely a rough one. And I think uh, we were talking this morning that it's interesting because even a lot of the. This is the first time that a lot of. Standard iOS things that you might do as a developer are broken in the Xcode beta as well. So, uh, you know, so say, you're, say, not,
0: you're t- not saying this with confidence. <laughs> you're making people get more and more afraid of installing this.
2: Yeah, don't <laughs> install me. Um, <laughs> so, for example, like last year, you have a new new feature like Siri shortcuts. It's like, of course, things are rough in Seed One, and you're going to file bug reports. But things are rough related to Siri shortcuts. So, you know, of course, there's going to be problems there. But this year, it's like. Say something, something like dark mode. I think we worked out yesterday that setting a background color on a view, a custom background color on a view, is broken in Xcode. And I don't know if it's an iOS thing or an Xcode thing or a Mac thing or a combination of all the three, but it's like things have changed because of dark mode, and these things are breaking fundamental parts of being an iOS developer, um, which is totally fine because again, beta. But it's like so much has changed here, and so much is different that while it's the best year to install a beta because. You need to play around with these things early. It's also potentially the worst because you're going to run into so many issues. Um, so if you like issues and you like problems, uh, install.
0: <laughs> we all do. we it. all do. That
2: said, like you can always revert to if you know if you need to work on an app that's shipping on the store at the moment. You can always revert to Xcode ten, and I'm sure things will be uh, just fine over there. But even huh? even if you
1: install Catalina and you're using Xcode ten on that machine, it, it, things will mostly be fine. That's true. So it's it's also I mean it is definitely nice like the, the simulator got a huge upgrade this year oh yeah like just being able to, like obviously what I'm working on at the moment uses a lot of um, MapKit and therefore renders Apple Maps and that used to be uh, like incredibly slow experience even on on a 5K iMac a relatively recent 5K iMac um, it was almost almost impossible to do on on the MacBook and now you. Get for for the most time just sixty frames rendering on on MapKit views, and it I mean it's still you're still using a mouse to import touch, but it feels as close to what you would want it to as, as possible. So that alone is such a huge quality of life as a as a person working on on a MapKit project improvement uh, that that alone is worth it for me.
0: Yeah, or you get could just have a separate partition sure and, you could and install it that way but then realistically w- what's the downside I mean, of that like but why do you guys feel like you had to install it on in your main computers and your main partitions
1: for me it's mostly because um, I I like to play with all the new you things like to live on the edge it's not about that it's more about I want to try all the new stuff and mm-hmm. if I'm using it on a separate partition that I only use for development I wouldn't actually play with the new stuff so it's like uh, then I would always switch to it only switch to it whenever I want to work on on new things Mm. yeah that's uh, fair enough for for it to get like the full full understanding of it I mean even things that I might I I might try to bring some an app over to Marzipan I need to live with that app for a little bit to get an idea of what's missing and what I mean I'm not at the moment I'm not in a hurry to ship something for for I guess you might also want to
0: yeah you might also want to play around with other um catalyst apps on your free time um, while deciding what you want to like do make make how you want your own to look like I mean
1: not that's not so much the case it's just no? even just playing with your own because at the moment I mean obviously uh, I've not been a uh, AppKit or Mac OS developer just being able to to basically hit the checkbox make it kind of work and then play with it you'll relatively quickly get to an idea of what's missing because i mean we've all used macs for a very long time but maybe haven't made mac apps but so just being experiencing something that is very rudimentary coming from from the ipad um and then learning what do you think is the most essential thing to spend your time on is is to me worthwhile so, I, I just okay. wouldn't... I mean, I I have two computers, which is like a uh, separate partition plus plus. Um, yeah. I just have an entire beta machine. But that at least means whenever I use them. that computer, I'm 100% on Catalina. That is obviously yeah, a luxury no, way sense. of doing it. But I... So,
0: so, considering that you just made arguments saying that in order to actually... Understand it and not actually enjoy using the beta software. Mm-hmm. You want to. You wouldn't want to do it on your on a separate partition. You want to do it on a computer that you. Are using. you telling
1: me I should install it on an iMac?
0: I am intel- I am asking why you didn't install it on your iMac.
1: Um, because I, I I wasn't sure how rough it would be, and I figured that machine I'm not using that much anyways.
0: So when so considering that you did test it out now, do you feel like it's less or more rough than you? originally anticipated
1: it's it's rough in different parts from what i thought it would be um i'm definitely i'm definitely not against installing it on my imac uh with the next beta mm-hmm. i mean i will try it for a day or two on the macbook but i'm probably installed on the imac and yeah, the next,
0: I think- be- ma- next beta y-
1: yeah i mean that's okay. that's basically what i have in mind right now yes
0: okay.
1: oh. what was that zach uh, well i think that um that what
2: marlon said about you know why not installing it on the main Mac? That's exactly why I did put it on my main <laughs> partition and and not putting it on uh, not putting it on a separate partition because it's like I won't use it if it's on a separate partition. I'm yeah. not going to remember to switch over and and just open up my Xcode app. You know my Xcode project for the time I want to work on. No, I, I, when I use a Mac, I kind of want to use the one that's set up with the all the settings I like, all my documents and data there. And so I'm either all or nothing. And and this time I was like, why not? I mean, I have. I should say I'm not like, it's not super reckless or anything. Like I have all my data backed up in other places and I can easily access things if something went wrong. So I'm, you know, very much prepared that, that, that might be a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I I would rather have it on my main partition or not have it at all. There's no in between like putting it on a, a separate partition. So, so yeah, it's kind of like all in, in, all in, why not? Um, I will probably, I haven't put it on my phone, the, like the iOS 13 beta on my mm-hmm. phone yet. I'll probably do that with the next beta as well. Yeah. Uh, just again, like pretty important set of updates. And there's a bunch of stuff that, I, a bunch of work I want to do for it. Like, I think it's really good. I'm excited. And, you know, Apple, like we're, we're all really happy with Apple's announcements this year. And I think it's a good thing that we're all excited and we're all really wanting to jump into the the tools and stuff that they announce and, you know, use Xcode 11 and use Uh, swift ui and Mm -hmm. build our apps for for the mac and i think that's that's
1: really cool um so why not basically even things like dark mode it's just Mm -hmm. i don't know i was like all right i did some dark dark mode work uh the other day and i was like okay i feel kind of like i'm in a good state and i forgot about an entire like flow in in my app that i didn't consider it's just i think just using your stuff really Um, exposes a lot
0: yeah, do you really need to update your whole Mac for dark mode? Isn't that an Xcode? No, it's more. It's
1: feature? more about like that's why I want to install the iOS beta on my oh, phone at some okay, point in I the see. future. You got to live the full dark mode life.
0: So you're actually gonna use dark mode on your on your phone? I think we spoke about this before a bit. Non- Kai, you and I, we don't. We're not really dark mode people. We don't use it on our on our. None of us use it on our Macs. Uh, how do you guys feel about using it on your phones in general? Is this something you're looking forward to?
1: Me personally both of you i mean for me it's just uh, i probably wouldn't use it past making sure my app works
0: oh really so you don't think you could enjoy it
1: i mean i might enjoy it it might look nice because many people apps. are
0: super excited about this i think and i mean it, it, be. it,
1: it is cool it's just uh, for me it's uh, same similar to the mac as long as apps are not as polished in dark mode as they are in in Light mode, I guess. Um mm. uh, it's I, I just I, I like polished apps and whatever form they're the most polished in is the way I would probably want to use them. So and if, for yeah. a lot of apps that will stay light mode probably. Um and I mean I, in general I also like I don't like I don't like OLED screens. I don't like the the lag on an OLED screen. So having more dark surfaces also doesn't really
0: I do wonder though if Apple will put more focus internally on dark mode, and that might be the sort of standard UI now. Considering, like in the same way as it's the standard UI on um, on the Apple Watch. If that would, if you would feel like Apple's apps, but why would they? For supporting the OLED and for saving battery. For
1: it's not really. I mean, OLED can do colors. It's not like you're you're <laughs> um, utilizing a unique OLED feature. I mean, it just. I feel like. Dark mode really points out the weaknesses of like, all yeah, Because yeah. really dark I don't raids, think
0: Apple sees it in that way, though. I, mean, I think Apple was very happy to announce dark mode. So that's why I was thinking sh- if they put... If, if they seem to promote that in all of the videos and things like that, that makes it seem like they're more behind dark mode. Do you think that would make you switch and use dark mode if Apple... I think
1: realistically I will only use dark mode when I'm in a dark environment. Mm. Like, if if I would use my phone at night... Or in I don't know, if if you go to I don't know, to to, to a theater or to, mm. to a movie.
0: Well you should not use your phone. Yeah,
1: but you happen to be in a dark room and you need to check something, I, I think dark mood is nice. Like mm-hmm. it's easy on the eyes when you're in a dark environment to look at something that's not too bright. Yeah. But for I mean, for most of my use cases, I use my phone when when it's light and not when it's dark. Yeah. And therefore, most of my use will be light mode, no. not dark mode.
2: I, I can actually kind of understand your attitude right now. I do wonder if it will change in a few months. It's currently like quarter past nine in the evening here, and it's so bright. Now. <laughs> like, it just—it doesn't make sense to be using dark mode right now. But it's like you're almost ready for sleep. But it's like it's still too light to be in the like <laughs> lights off dark mode kind of thing. But like, I I know at home when it, when it gets dark early, like it's winter in Sydney right now, and you know before I left, I was. I I love dark mode on the Mac. Like, it's awesome for doing work oh. at night and and for still sort of feeling like it is night outside, especially if it's really dark outside. I don't like my Mac screen being super bright, and I kind of feel the same way about iOS. Mm. Uh, on the plane, on the way over here, um, like a week and a half ago or whatever, I remember looking at my phone and looking at some apps and sort of just feeling around with them and going, this might be the last uh, last sort of night plane flight that I take where my phone is uh, predominantly white on a lot of these screens. And I was quite excited by that possibility of, of having nicer... New UI on my phone mm. screen. I don't know. I, I know we've spoken about these before, and it's not a, it's not particularly new. But I, I am definitely excited about uh, lots of apps updating to dark mode in September. I tend to use a lot of the dark themes that come optionally with apps. Um, that might change when I get a phone that has an OLED screen, because I know you've both mentioned how you don't particularly like it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is also interesting that and. We should probably talk about this a little bit. It's interesting that Apple have chosen a pure black background as their default background color in dark mode for a lot of system apps. And mm-hmm. based on sort of what I've heard from people, it's it can be quite frustrating to have that um, to have to, to, to see the delay in those pixels turning off and on as you scroll with a, a black background on a OLED screen. It sort of makes me wonder if upcoming hardware this year might be a little bit better at handling that. Latency, or you know, if you you might even um, see those improvements if the screen refresh rate
1: changed mm-hmm. to one hundred and twenty. Um, the hun- yeah.
0: the refresh rate change would that be something they able to do with software, or has that always been a hardware change?
1: No, no. I mean, at the moment, the the panel that's used is a sixty hertz okay. panel. Uh, I don't know if we would see 120. That feels like a lot of lot of uh, refreshes for for a mobile device. I, well, well, the mobile? iPad can do it, but that isn't an OLED screen. Yeah, that's is an it. LCD 60 frames as a and a larger Correct. battery and everything else. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised though if the next one is at least 90. 90 yeah. seems to be a pretty good sweet spot for for a phone with OLED screen. And do you think
2: that would make a, a difference just based on what you know about
1: OLED? And refresh rates and dark stuff? <laughs> uh, based on my experience of dark stuff, um, good question. I don't know if that... I mean, at the moment, it's not that 60 hertz isn't fast enough for the for individual pixels to turn on. There's just a lag on OLED to turn on that is l- longer than 60 hertz, and therefore you get a weird effect. Um, I think those are actually unrelated. I think the refresh... Rate is not directly correlated to the the lag between on uh, off and on state, but I mean those could be issues that could both be improved independently, even if they happen to have at happen to ha, happen to
0: happen. Is that how people speak? Happen to happen at the same even time. Even if those happen to occur at the same
1: time. Sure, you can use a different word to get around that. I have. But I thought I'd lean into the oddities of the English language. That,
0: <laughs> How does that go for you? Uh,
1: <laughs> amazingly. Okay. As okay. always.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, um, so I wonder... <laughs> moving on. Uh, if you would... If the new phones would come out so so i like how how we just had
1: WWDC and now we're like give me the next shiny thing
2: i I, I think no i think it's interesting (laughs) to talk about this in the context of why decisions might have been made now and we're just
0: thinking about the future and trying to put those pieces together sure
2: and also i mean i'm gonna have personally gonna have some decisions to make for some apps regarding Mm. design going forward and it's like Apparently, even you know, just like a a not quite pure black color, but a a slightly lighter color that the the human eye can't distinguish, but sort of keeps the pixels on, will make a huge difference for these kind of things. Like, if there's hardware that, if there's hardware that can handle it, then it makes my decisions a little bit more Mm. difficult. Otherwise, it's like a no brainer to not use a pure black background. Sure, make it sound reasonable. It is reasonable. We're (laughs) software devs. We think about these things all the time. We've been speaking about it for the last week. It's it's great.
0: What a life. Hey. Anyways, I mean, I think we will all want to add dark mode support for our for the apps we're working on. That's no doubt, right? It's just a question of what darkness you want to put on it, depending on the device. Isn't that sort of what you're getting to, Zach?
2: Yes, that's right. And and how like the best way to approach that? Speaking of, my Mac just went into dark mode. The sun must have set.
0: But also, oh, I, I thought can... it crashed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, I can hear fan from here. I apologize. <laughs> what is it doing? We're not even Skyping this time. I'd rather not say. <laughs>
0: okay. Moving okay. on. Um, so, Kai, have you been in general, uh, in general, in general, have you been considering, is uh, your plan to buy a new phone? And if it wasn't a plan, would a higher refresh rate screen change your mind?
1: Um, I mean, realistically, I, I'm on a one-year cycle of refreshing my phones. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't mean I will blindly buy it every year. I mean every year it needs to convince me to spend that
0: money, yeah, but um, it's a bit like first of all, you might not be into dark mode, so you have to be convinced that dark mode is better than non dark mode.
1: How's that related to a phone?
0: because if it has a higher refresh rate, you might wanna all right. Let, let's rephrase it. Like, like if we approach
1: it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I think every every year, I, I watch a presentation, right? We usually get Apple announces new iPhones. Then we get about a week until pre-order. Um, mm-hmm. Roughly. Um, every every time during that week, I'm considering, is it worth it for me to 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 buy a new phone, go through the hassle of selling the old one or, or giving the old one to a family member or whatever and i i I think I'm definitely easily convinced, like sometimes it's just all things it's like face ideas fast, I'm like, okay, convinced really? um, <laughs> i mean i'm just saying i'm yeah. i'm not I'm not the hardest person to be convinced about i mean anything that I use on a daily basis, if there are even what like the smallest improvements can add up for me, or at least that's how I'm usually arguing for it so i'm I'm not a hard to be also i mean. If you upgrade your phone every year, it's actually not that much of a price div that you're paying each year. Um, so I'm easy, easily convinced, and usually good good ways of convincing me are, I mean, if it's anything related to the display, I'm 100% on board. Like, if we would get a, I mean, I don't know what it needs to be, 72 72- uh, hertz might even convince me, but ninety would definitely get me. Like, if that's the only thing they would change, I would probably upgrade for ninety hertz oh, right. panel alone.
0: Okay, and it wouldn't be for the sake of being able to use dark mode. You would just be
1: no. I mean, assuming that the lag time from going from from off state to on state is the same, I would still just I would run everything in as light mode as I can, and I would enjoy my extra thirty uh, um, frames. Like without a doubt, I would I would upgrade for that. I, it's just I, I'm. I really enjoy using higher refresh rate uh, screens, um, and then obviously like things like cameras is an easy sell because I mean we we go places we take pictures of them and if those pictures are nicer you'll you'll enjoy them more. Uh, like I think to me at the moment for for an for iPhone hardware camera plus plus display are the big two. And, I mean, if it would be any smaller or lighter than it is right now, then then even more so. But I think those are the three categories. Smaller, or like physical size, mm-hmm. display, and... Um, camera. Camera. In that and, order? Uh, in that order... What did I say? Size, display, camera? Yes. Yeah, probably.
0: Oh, okay. Okay,
1: so... I mean, we- for you, it's easy, right? <laughs> you haven't upgraded a phone in, like, 12 years.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know I'm buying the phone this year. That's not, not what I was going to talk about. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want
2: to talk about that. It's kind of scary. Um,
1: Swift UI. Mm-hmm. Have you both played around with it? Are you playing around with it right now? I'm not, no. That would explain your fan noise, though.
2: That, that would explain my <laughs> fan noise. But have you played around with it? Me? Yeah,
1: either of you. You know that for a fact that I played around with it. But <laughs> the listeners don't know. Well, <laughs> listeners, okay, mom, should, have you played around you with it? Yeah, to, should hang out more. Um, yeah, yeah, I started playing around with it.
2: What, what do you? Th- what do you think about it? How have you found it? What, what have you done with it? And sort of,
1: yeah, what are your experiences being? I mean, very, very limited because I realized relatively, like, what I wanted to do was was a form, and form builder isn't there yet, so that was kind of unfortunate. Um and then you I know just
0: why Form Builder isn't there? I this just wasn't think it was the demos. Yeah, right? yeah, I
1: think it's just not done yet or presentable yet. Okay. Um and then I just did, it's like it's not formulated yet? Mm. <sighs> um and then know. then I just did what probably everyone does like you you create a list you populate it with some random data and then you put some buttons and an image like things certain things are just way easier than they used to be and i mean if you're not if you haven't worked with ui kit you you might not appreciate it because everything looks like yeah of course it would work right yeah. you want a button you want an image on top you want text underneath it and it should all be in a button you would think yeah well, how do I create that I create a button with a with a stack of an image and 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 text yeah but that's not how it used to work but that's how it works now and it's it's simple and easy to do but it used to be a bit trickier not not that it was impossible but now it's you you basically just describe what what you want so yeah. i i kind of did those things just relatively trivial just because i didn't want to i know that this this build is not s- um incredibly uh reliable yet and I, I i felt like i'm okay to wait a little bit i wanted to dabble with it but i was okay waiting with it because i don't want to have too strong of an opinion if something doesn't work that might work in a week if that makes sense yeah, no, definitely. So I, I sort of f- tried to simple things and I, I enjoyed those. <laughs> but what you said about it sort of being intuitive and, and
2: just you being able to do things with relative ease is, is sort of something that I wanted to mention as well. Because on the on the flight up from uh, San Francisco on Saturday, I was obviously offline and sort of decided to play around with, with a bit of Swift UI. And it's amazing because. With, with just the offline docs as my only reference. And I mean, all the docs are available offline for Swift UI, but with that as my only reference, I was able to do everything I wanted to do with Swift UI. And admittedly, it was fairly simple. I was laying out a fairly basic UI, something that would be quite standard if I was using uh, UI kit and table use, for example. But I was playing around and trying to get a feel for things and just things just seemed to make sense, which mm-hmm. I think is a testament to like the new API and sort of the way that it's been built because a lot of the time new APIs are confusing, they're undocumented and um, yeah this is this has been really cool so i'm sort of i am excited to use it more and i will i will be using it probably daily almost until september mm-hmm. and just and just working on things and getting familiar with building things in swift ui mm-hmm. and i find that part of things really exciting yep. because and the other thing is if, if you're somebody coming into software development and, you know, you're starting with, with iOS as, as I pretty much did, like more or less my first, um, the first software I wrote was for the iPhone, like to have a UI that you can lay out on a screen with relative ease, but also that involves writing code, I think is really powerful. And I know we've touched on Swift Playgrounds before as well, and that sort of is empowering to uh to do those things. But often oftentimes with swift playgrounds, you're building something for the sake of building it, whereas with this you can actually lay out a UI that looks like a UI you might see in any other app with relative ease. And I think that's that's pretty exciting. Um, but also
1: hmm. I, I think a big thing is also um I feel like a lot of people don't realize you can also just use it for the things that are that are that is UI that is relatively trivial. Um, that still used to take more work than you think it was worth it. Something yeah, like, totally, like yeah. a setting screen, right? A setting mm-hmm. screen is always slightly annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, now a setting screen seems to be a lot less annoying. So the things you mm-hmm. don't want to spend too much time on that no one, you know, realistically, if you build your app and, and your number one selling point is your beautiful setting screen, you probably put the wrong focus on the app anyways. Hey. I yeah. know, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry to crush <laughs> your your settings app millionaire ideas.
0: Yeah, also all, all set on that.
1: <laughs> um, but like, just getting through those things quicker, and even if that's the only thing, you're saying, all right, I, I only do like kind of basic layout things in SwiftUI to to get started with it, because uh, you feel comfortable with UIKit and you're super productive with it even if you just go through those kind of basic things uh, and build those in SwiftUI, I think that means you have more time you can spend on things you actually that actually matter for your app. Even if those, I mean, sure, at some point you might also write those on SwiftUI and everything is great. But even if you just start with taking some of those, this trivial work that is, is yeah, picked yeah. It's out, sort of, yeah I think that can make a big impact.
0: I think there are certain certain screens that are sort of necessary to be part of an app that are always... Not a pain point, but like the boring parts. And I think it's always something you wait with to the end. Uh, or it's something that you might just... Something that just makes you less excited about finishing a product. Yeah. And I think having something like that be a bit more... A bit less frustrating to make or it, like that, 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 that's a perfect use case to use this for. Or even if you want to mock something up quite quickly to actually mm. just test a concept, I think rather than having like a UX mockup um, which is... Uh, I know there are a lot of like UX mockup, f- mock-up tools. Mm. If you can use something like this to mock up a user flow that could be really helpful in the beginning of your development process. And, and you turn. have something
1: that actually works, right? Yeah. You have something that you can throw in a device and an no. actual... The sort of a project potentially, yeah. but even okay. just things like, you know, it's always the th- same things that are boring. It's setting screens, it's like profile screens, it's login and sign up, like everything that that just collects a lot of data or that mm-hmm. needs to be there or something. Sometimes things that need to be there for legal reasons. Like no one is excited about working on those. For like those are also things you work on in every every single app you work on. I know, on. It's, I like, know. It's, it's always like the, the same, just slightly different. Being able yeah. to, to kind of get those together quicker, I think, will have a huge yeah. impact. And, I mean, sign up, we might also talk about Apple, sign in with Apple. But also that means um, I feel like the future of having an Xcode-like application on an iPad becomes mm-hmm. a lot more obvious with SwiftUI to me. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I definitely... I agree with that. It feels especially the UI side mm-hmm. of it, like the the visual sort of drag and drop way that you can create interfaces with Swift UI feels like it like the next step from here is Xcode on iPad in some variety. And and honestly, it feels like at this point it'll probably be Swift on iPad exclusively. I mean, think so too, we yeah. know that um, sort of Swift playgrounds paved the way and sort of gave Apple the ability to quickly compile small snippets of code and then preview them mm-hmm. on, you know, with an editor on on the right hand side of a window, for example, uh, and that sort of paved the way for SwiftUI. And I feel like the um, the the interactivity of, of SwiftUI and building interfaces that way makes perfect sense on a touch mm-hmm. device such as the iPad. And I think a lot of the things that we're seeing in a lot of the features we're seeing in Xcode now also make sense uh, on a touch device. Um, some of the, some of the ways that they're visualizing data or that you interact with. Uh, things like get changes, some of them make sense, and I think that is the next logical step. And I'm yeah. sure this will be a topic discussed. Like I feel like this is something that's going to come up as a recurring theme, probably in the in the lead up to Dub Dub, particularly next year. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, wow, you guys are in for an exciting year!
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I I think that some of the groundwork has been laid. Seems
1: um, that way, yeah. But I
0: did want to touch on that again. I think. Um, Another, another thing that I think Zach, you and I spoke about is that, um, this preview feature and the new way that you're working on, uh, Swift UI with the preview screen being like half of the, half of the Xcode screen, um, would also indicate that like that, that that's a great way of getting around certain problems that you had with developing apps on an iPad before. I think we were always sort of wondering like, oh, what if you make the app on an iPad, how are you gonna be able to run that? There's no nothing like a simulator. And even mm-hmm. if there is a simulator, how would you switch between those apps? And I think now the way that the iPad UI is laid out and the way that preview works makes it seem more plausible to either either have a preview window open or Use the different type of multitasking uh, Mm -hmm. functionality to be able to have an overlay that shows how that shows you like a device simulator, Mm. and I think that it sort of all comes together. But also things
1: like dependencies, right? It was always the thing. How would you do with dependency management on on iPad? Well, Swift Package (laughs) seems to be
2: yes, and you'll notice that like unlike CocoaPods. It's not managed by a command line application. It's it's all visual.
0: How Um, do you manage them? Is it like a sort of like an open library that you're going through in Xcode? I haven't really seen this. It's almost
2: like a lot of the scheme editing and things like that, that you can do in Xcode, which is quite um, visual. And it's sort of like that, where you can specify packages and then control them, you know, with, with things like tables on on in a Mac app. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of that would translate nicely into touch. And also sort of just back to what you were saying, Marlon, it, it makes sense. The whole running an app on an iPad or building an app on an iPad makes a lot more sense when you think that you aren't, when you think about the fact that you aren't probably building a whole iOS app each time you want to test the the app that you're instead just working on a screen or two at a time. And that's what's being built in with SwiftUI, and all you're doing is previewing that or filling that screen with preview data or or Mm. test data or whatever it is, and so things will be a lot faster, but also the the whole idea of building a whole app at a time is probably not going to be the case, which, yeah, yeah, starts to make a lot of sense with these things. Mm. And you can do do everything in that. You can use mock data, but you can also navigate between screens, so it's not like it's a a single screen at a time. You're still building the app and building flows in the app Mm -hmm. without actually running and compiling the whole yeah time. it's pretty yeah. it's pretty cool yeah. and I, I think i think it's going to change a lot of things and i also feel like we're probably a long way from where we'll end up i think this is going to be a recurring theme for a few years but i really like the the start that it's off to
1: Hmm. yeah so what do you think about uh signing with the apple is that something you would use for a new project
0: before you move over to this i want okay. to something um yeah, we've sort of been touching on how this could be useful for those type of tedious tasks, like adding it on a setting screen or a profile screen and things like that. Uh, but I think Kai, you sort of dilute, diverted to like people not knowing about how hard it was to lay things out in UI kit. That sort of makes it sound like you think it will be people won't use... UiKit anymore, people would rather use Swift UI. And I think today there are many people who start doing iOS development and they had never done manual memory management, for example. It's like this pain that you hear about that's uh, people used to have to do, but people might not people wouldn't have to deal with that directly. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's gonna be similar with UIKit? Do you think Swift UI is sort of taking over UIKit kit and people it's gonna be this not an urban legend, but it's going to be this thing that people just haven't been exposed to. They know there was a pain. They know there were certain things you had to do in a certain way, but it wouldn't be directly doing it anymore.
1: I mean, it's not like you like it as a pain. It's just sometimes.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't think so. But I think people like the memory management is often referred to as being quite a not a pain point, pain point, but a manual work.
1: But I mean, it's even even that as an example, right? Some people still do that because they need to be in control. In particular situations, like where where where, sure it it used to be it used to be common, then it became less common, then it became rare, and now it's extremely rare. Only if you absolutely need to, and I wouldn't be surprised if your code wouldn't be too different. I mean, at the moment, I mean, as of today, every single app on the on iOS is uh, UI. I mean, apart from right native and other uh, other things Uh, but uh, like most of the apps will be UI kit and when September comes around uh, most of the apps will still be UI kit but then it will start slowly getting people will start slowly using Swift UI for certain parts of the app because realistically I think most of us will be more competent UI Kit developers in September than we are Swift UI developers. Mm-hmm. Um also at the moment UIKit is probably still more flexible than Swift UI would be uh, by the time we get uh RS thirteen. So I think it's just uh, probably going to be a similar transition. And it also depends a lot on on Apple. I mean, at the moment, it seems like Apple is uh, full steam on on SwiftUI um, to to like commit to SwiftUI and push people to use SwiftUI whenever possible and use UIKit when they want to do things that are even. I mean, realistically, it's also tool. So if something is clunky with SwiftUI or harder to do, use UIKit. They work together, not a problem. Yeah, um, that's exactly and, the and, approach I've taken with one of the projects I'm working
2: on, where yeah. I got rid of a lot of the view code, but I've still kept a f- around a few custom views that have some nice animations and lay things yeah, out. Exactly. It's like, why throw away all that UI kit code? I mean, a lot of the the um, navigation and, and the basic views, I, I'm happy to re-implement. but some of the custom stuff, it's like, it works really well in UI kit, no need to break it. And it, mm. and it also integrates really nicely with Swift UI. It'll be updated when there's new data. So I can't complain. And it's almost the best of both worlds.
1: Mm. And I mean, if I would start a new iOS 13 project today, I would probably um, start with with Swift UI and only fall back to yeah. UIKit when I think it's appropriate. Yeah, and yeah, that, that is probably sense. going to be less and less as time goes on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that's that's totally fine. Yeah, I think that's uh as yeah, as long as people are pragmatic about it, I think that's also a good good approach.
0: Yeah, play. like don't use it just because it's what you used to, but. I think if you have the time to sit down and learn SwiftUI, it makes sense. I think it's going to speed up up people's development process over the long term. Pardon? Probably in certain parts. Yeah, and if it doesn't, then then you already have to be pragmatic about it.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to the next three months of blog posts of everyone sort of sharing their idea of how to use it.
0: And I know that's why I feel like I want to be part of like seeing it now in the early days. So I really want to install a separate partition so that I can do this because it's exciting to be part of that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think we'll reach a point and, and no. it'll take a lot more than three months where we have some established patterns of using Swift UI and yeah, I'm really like interested those, to see how others go about structuring
0: this. Yeah, like all the Swift design patterns we have that are very <laughs> uniform. Hey, there's some, there's
2: some consistency and some... I know, upon. it's just
0: a very... I think people are very... People are still very argumentative of why your why their way is the best way for uh, how to structure your Swift code. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to, it's just fun because this is going to be another sort of thing (laughs) that people will discuss and then discuss what's best, uh, UI code, UI kit or Swift UI. And it's going to be interesting discussions on the internet, I think. And hopefully we come to a really good conclusion, but I would love to sort of be a part of experimenting with that. It's always fun to... Maybe to just test out different approaches and see what it's good for. Definitely. Mm. Hmm. So,
1: sign in with Apple.
0: Yeah, this seems to be something you're very excited about, Kai. What What about signing <laughs> with Apple?
1: Would If you, either of you would start a new project today that requires user login, would you go sign in with Apple exclusively? Or would you still go? your I would your
0: start out with signing with Apple. It depends on what type of app it is and... Um, I think for a first rollout of an app, it makes sense to start with signing with Apple. Is I it think... mostly
1: because you want to avoid doing that work yourself? Or...
0: Yeah, partly. like Partly just to get started as soon as possible. And using something like Apple for that seems like a pretty good idea. It seems to be quite u- usable out of the box. The only thing I feel is that I'm still not completely convinced that it's going to be a good Android experience if I would want to have an app that has both iOS and Android components. I would maybe want to roll out my own thing. Mm-hmm. And if I rolled it out for Android, I may as well provide it for users on iOS as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Zach?
2: Yeah, I mean, I know that the idea is to be a substitute for uh, both sign-in with Facebook and sign-in with Google. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, if I had those options available in apps, I'd add sign-in with Apple. Um, I-, I think it also makes a lot of sense, like sort of what Marlon said, as a way to very quickly allow people to sign up with accounts, but I'm not sure that's entirely what Apple meant it to be for. Uh, I think I'd still look at having the option to create an account versus you signing with Apple only because I think a lot of the work you'd have to do regardless um, Mm -hmm. from your your back-end's perspective. So, I'd probably still provide the option, but it's definitely something I'd be integrating with if I was building a new new app today that needed a login. Uh, Absolutely. It's a no-brainer. I mean, if it's going to make... If it's going to make signing up to your app easier, then why not? Because I know a lot of the time, uh, often a pain point when when someone downloads an app if they if they're presented with a screen like a login screen and they can't get past that unless they create an account, a lot of the time and there's a lot of metrics around this say that they don't get past that, and you know there's always a drop off on that screen. So if you're able to. Uh, like reduce that drop off even a little bit used by using sign in with apple then yeah it sounds it seems like a no brainer
1: i mean there there can be quite a significant amount of saving in in uh development time because i mean realistically if you want to have be feature complete or feature parallel to apple sign in what you need to have is like email verification password reset uh, two-factor auth, you know, there are a lot of things. Yeah,
0: they would provide all of those things as well, right?
1: Yeah, f- even fraud detection. Like there's a lot of fraud detection for you as a developer if people use signing with Apple related to making it harder for people. I don't know, if you have like a, a free trial, like if you sign up, you get like some free free trial or you get some referral bonus and those kind of things. Apple actually does some work to to detect when there's fraudulent activity. So, like, all those kind of things are actually things you would either have to spend a lot of time on, on getting right, or would just decide to skip because it's not not feasible for you, especially if you're a small team or by yourself, to build. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, I mean, p- just based on a fe- feature set, I would actually quite like to add sign with so... Apple exclusively. I probably won't. Okay. Um For existing projects. Yeah, but because it, would, it doesn't
0: really make sense to take it out, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it would be nice. Like I don't know, where if if I would have a side project, like a fun project that happens to require accounts, I would probably go signing with Apple exclusively. Um if if I would build something that is potentially uh potentially something that I'm happy to spend a lot of time maintaining, I would potentially do both or roll my own. I think that's kind of... Yeah. And I mean, I've never used, or in any of my apps, signing with Facebook just yep. for ethical reasons. Mm. But I think, it, again, great effort on, on that side. And I mean, there's also so much other stuff with that, like the unique email addresses that it can generate. and Yeah, yeah. Still, As a
0: user, I really like that and, because it would make me able to unsubscribe. And also
1: things. just, it remembers whether you're already logged in before. So, you know, it's... What do you mean? I, if you would download an app that you've already used before, sometimes you're like, all right, I sign up for an account. And it's like, ah, oh, this email address, address has already been used. And you're like, oh, I didn't remember I had an mm, email address. And yeah. then you try to sign in and it works. Um, yeah. With signing with Apple, the first time it says sign in with Apple. So the first time you open a new app, sign in with Apple. From then onwards, it just says continue with Apple. So it just to indicate that you've already...
0: Oh, that's why that's it. Yeah, yeah. that makes so much sense. So that fun. means
1: you already have an account. You already signed in once with Apple. And that also synchronizes across your devices. So if you've, mm. I don't know, you get a new iPhone, uh, you set it up and it says continue. Or you swap, uh, you, you pick up your iPad and you're already signed in on your iPhone. On your iPad it will say continue to indicate, hey, it's the same account, I just want to continue... Uh, with the same user user account on that device. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, same for Apple Watch and other devices. Um, so I think that is that is also cool. Just- is
0: that going to be suggested in web as well? So if I go to... Uh, no.
1: no? No. I mean, it wouldn't know. Okay. I- so,
0: But there is going to be sign-in with web, Apple for yeah, yeah, j- JavaScript. JavaScript for, yeah. yeah. So that's what I was thinking. If I go to a website that also... like. Let's say Overcast, for example, that does allow accounts. Um,
1: I believe the way that would work is you hit the button, then you sign in to Apple, and then you kick kick back to the website. Um, Okay. Because you wouldn't... Even
0: on a Mac, where would that button be? Uh, Where would you be kicked?
1: I mean, that's web. I'm not talking Mac. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. I I haven't actually looked into that. Yeah, but yeah. No, if, just if you use a random computer somewhere, I assume that's what would happen. Um, okay. But it's interesting. Interesting to see. Well,
0: so um, real time follow up. I am looking at developer.apple.com. This is, this is a screenshot of an app that does have sign in with Apple as a web mm-hmm. like on a on a website just. A dot .com website. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it does seem like <laughs> a, com, a, website. a dot .com website. That's a website. <laughs>
1: uh, that's what we're classifying. <laughs> that's a website, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um,
0: no, it's just lifecake.com. Um, <laughs> okay. Sure. In the example. So, uh-huh. um, Tell us but, more about that. What,
1: what are you telling? <laughs> what, what is this website? Your child's well, journey starts with awesome. family. Yeah. Cool.
0: So, you seem to be... Your child can sign up here with Apple. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there can see their journey. Sure. No, but you, anyways, I don't know what this website is for, but you seem to be able to sign in with Apple. So that would mean that I would assume that if this lifecake.com also has a, an app, it would sync across using something like Keychain. Mm-hmm. So you would be able to use the same account, right? It would be a, a regular account.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's OAuth. Yeah. That um, would, right? I would have to think about that.
0: I don't understand why this is a question.
1: Why? I mean, just because you log in on a website doesn't mean your, your phone stores it. the token in the keychain. It might just be a cookie on a browser.
0: Yeah. That but is I completely guess...
1: unrelated to the app, potentially. I mean, Apple could do something, right? But yeah, that's true. If, if you w- would use a random computer, like some Windows yeah. machine on, I don't know what they use, Internet but it Explorer was. I would ed- think
0: it's... It creates an account, so you would be able to use the same account on the web. I mean, definitely uh, you can app. use the
1: same account, but I don't know if, if you it will automatically know. keep your login state. Yeah. like Or if you have to hit the button again to yeah. then.
0: But I guess if you...
1: I mean, might the reverse might work. You sign in on a browser first, yeah. then your phone might go to continue, but I don't know how the reverse yeah. would work.
0: Would you be able to keep... Uh, so, if I sign in with Apple, what email address do I put in? Do I put in my
1: iCloud account?
0: I don't have to put in the unique app.
1: Account. No, no, it's your Apple ID. Okay,
0: okay. So, no matter what, I should be able to sign into the same account. I don't need to keep track of That's, the uh, unique email, email address. Okay. All right.
1: But you can manage them. So, I don't know. You use that generated email address and now... Uh, what is it called? LifeCakes?
0: LifeCakes.com.
1: LifeCakes.com yeah. starts your spamming journey. you. Yep. They mm. start spamming you with live cake pictures uh and newsletters, then you can just turn off that entire email address.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: Mm. Cool. Cool. So
0: are we just doing our picks? Is that <sighs> the idea here? I mean
1: yeah. I think Kai, you had one more thing you wanted to mention before we go into picks of the week. Yeah. It's not really that I wanted to mention anything. It's more about I've seen I've seen multiple times coming up that people said Apple Announced and deprecated Project Catalyst in the same keynote, and I don't really agree with that. And I don't know if you guys want to talk so, about so that. Might be super boring for everyone, but no,
2: that. no, I think this is an
0: interesting right.
1: uh, topic of discussion.
0: So, 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 what do you, exactly do you wanna? What have you heard?
1: It, I've just seen a fl- f- um, like floating bar on Twitter a few times that people say that Apple uh, announced and deprecated Catalysts. Project oh, Catalyst. Oh, okay. In the, uh, same, in the same keynote, keynote um, because SwiftUI yeah. could be a way of writing apps,
0: but I mean, yeah, I mean we that, we spoke a
1: bit about this,
0: so yeah, this is interesting.
1: So this is also similar to what we talked about about when we talked about adoption. <laughs> <laughs> about, about, <laughs> about about about, about uh, adoption. It's like some people already have huge code bases, right? I mean, sure, yeah. SwiftUI all 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 great and new and shiny. But realistically, if you're like someone on Sage, atlassian, if you already have a lot of UI like team working for years on apps that are now written in UIKit, you're not going to abandon that to to move everything to Swift UI.
0: Yeah, in the same way that people probably wouldn't move all of their code over to Swift at once.
1: Yeah, and it would be silly. Why would you do that? Right? It's sure you could technically. It's possible. It's just not very uh, time efficient, and therefore, I mean, I think there there will be a lot of apps that could benefit from being uh, using iPad apps on the Mac uh, Mm -hmm. technology to to get to something that's better than what they have at the moment. I mean, Jira is a good example, right? The the website is blowing through a lot of RAM. It's it's a bit slow and not not the greatest to use, the iPad mm-hmm. app is a lot nicer. So getting that over to a Mac plus some Mac enhancements is a good example. Slack. You know, um, sure, some people mm-hmm. have one gig of RAM for each Slack team they're part of. Others might not. So the app uh, on iPad is a lot more resource efficient. If they would port over what they have, I mean, realistically, they won't re- rewrite the entire app in Swift UI anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um Like, bringing that over is is a reasonable idea. I I also agree that SwiftUI is probably um, what Apple envisions to be their future for all apps, but doesn't mean Apple deprecated everything that happened before uh, last week. (sighs) I I definitely agree. And the other thing is, I mean, and we've mentioned it before,
2: but Swift UI isn't going to be perfect for everything. There's going to be some things you're going to want to do in AppKit or mm-hmm. even UIKit if you're using iOS, and then it's perfectly okay to use those tools as well.
1: Um, mm. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with, with what you're saying. Um, and sure, I mean, Apple always has, like, this is our vision for the future, and this is, like, putting everything in place for it to be great in five years. But I think we could benefit from... In the meantime, we could benefit from five years of, of improvements on the Mac, especially if if a lot of people say, hey, the Mac has been neglected for so long. Um, now we get something that a lot of people will probably be able to use in September. Well, if Apple would force everyone to rewrite Swift UI apps to make it compatible with a Mac, realistically, there would only be... a. a smallest fraction of fraction of teams actually committing to that right now to be ready for for September or even within the next few years. I mean the entire reason uh we have project catalyst is because teams decided against putting extra effort in for for mac users and therefore I think making it easy is a way of I mean again it won't work for all apps it won't be perfect for all apps but there are a few that I, I have in mind that would, I would appreciate being on the Mac with yeah, that technology. Yeah. And they are also, um, they're most likely going to, to come over that way. Yeah, so and I
0: think even new apps that potentially have more of a complex layout that's not necessarily available in the Swift UI yet could also use something like know. this. I mean,
1: I, I I wouldn't want to commit to that statement before <laughs> I've spent more time with it.
0: Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, no, I I do think it's a bit harsh to say that. So I do agree with you. There are definitely use cases for both, hmm. and it's not one thing fits all. I think you have to look at it on case by case. So makes sense. Hmm. Cool, yeah, cool. Worth bringing up.
1: Just want to mention that. Yeah. So now we can go into our pigs. That are not pigs, but some name we always pigs of
0: the week. I feel like <laughs> that's what we named this. Things, Things of the, of the week. week. Yep. Did I did I write pigs? Yep. That's Gosh. okay. Yeah. I was the one coming up with this. Good job. All right, Thanks the week, uh, um, now after um, we
1: clarified the name uh, for yeah. the 51st time, do you want to talk about what do you think of the uh, week? Is? It's okay, someone else can start. Cool, Zach.
0: Mm.
1: Hello. Sure. So He <laughs> <laughs> fell off the chair when I said <laughs> the name. So, uh,
2: Mike, P- you can it. hide it when we are in person. <laughs> I couldn't even find like a marketing name that describes mine. So my a marketing pick, name, or, or something that I could use. So anyway, my pick is contactless payments on Vancouver public transport. So
1: look at you going with the Vancouver. Yeah, pick after well, being that's here, it's, it's something that I've really enjoyed this
2: week. So <laughs> uh, Vancouver public transport accepts contactless. Like, accepts payment via a contactless card. So, it could be a credit or debit card. You can use Apple Pay. This is... So far, I've taken a train, a bus, and a ferry, and they've all, all three have accepted this. It's great. It's really convenient. It's awesome for tourists like myself. It's awesome for people who live here. I know you don't get the full travel benefits, but, like, if you forget your card or if you uh, want to travel light for a particular day, you can just get away with having your watch and Apple mm. Pay and paying for public transport. Uh, it's really... It's mostly... Like it's super friendly for tourists, basically. Like getting mm-hmm. to the airport, you know. Obviously, you land in another country. You've been on a fourteen-hour flight. You don't really know what's going on. Uh, it's it's quite nice to not have to think about how you're going to get into the city, but instead mm-hmm. just Apple Pay your way there. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Apple Pay your way to the city. Exactly. That should be their slogan. So, well, there you go. They're, mm. they're, feel free to take that marketing name. Uh, public transport company <laughs> of Vancouver. So yeah, that's my Transling. pick. Uh, I think it's really cool. I mean, I know I know trains in Sydney, you can do this, you can do this in ferries in Sydney too. You can't do it on buses. Um, but I think it's I think it's a really cool um, a really cool and convenient way to get around the city is um by using Apple Pay or, or a debit or credit card if that's what you prefer. So, I think this is um, the
0: first time we had a concept or a, a system as a, as a pick,
2: mm. yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing that I have enjoyed
1: a lot yeah. this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good that we renamed it to. Yeah, last second. Um, <laughs> 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 um, uh, I have one correction. Uh, it cannot be a debit card if you're uh, from here. So, debit cards only work in. So only credit cards are accepted, but Australian debit cards are presenting themselves as credit cards in foreign lands. Yeah, okay. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, but otherwise, uh, 100% of our TransLink uh, public transport takes Apple Pay. Like, there's there's no mode of transport that wouldn't support that. Cool. Yeah, very Hmm. convenient.
0: I really like it. And, yeah, if you just forget your card... There's not really a problem if you're wearing your watch and you can you have a card in your watch. So exactly, really cool.
2: and sometimes you just want to go to the beach without a
0: card. Mm. You're wearing your watch on the beach? Of course, it's waterproof. I, I'm not. I'm not going to get into so much We've
1: been through
0: this before. Ah. Mm.
1: Come cool. contactless payment on Vancouver public transport. Malin, what what kind of abstract concept do you have this <laughs> week?
0: So, my pick this week is Forecast.
1: Whoa, you sound happy about this pick.
0: Yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm picking an app called Forecast. It's a Mac app, and it's <laughs> a way for you... Is it you- a
1: Catalyst Mac app?
0: I wouldn't think so. I don't think so.
1: I'm saying that it's been out for a few years.
0: Yeah, then, yeah. Unless Marco decided to rewrite it, and uh, it doesn't even make sense to rewrite that because I don't think it's available for iOS. <laughs> no. Uh, so no, Kai, it's not. I'm glad thanks you asked. For, for <laughs> thanks for critical- interrupting
1: me. Thanks for critically analyzing yeah. my my throwaway joke.
0: Oh, it was a joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> didn't pick up on the tone.
1: <laughs> next time, next time I will indicate yeah, that. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And maybe I had a laugh.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder if Zach is still around or if he he got sick of i Anyway, somewhere over here. <laughs>
0: so, so uh, Forecast is an app that allows you to import your wave files after you've been editing your podcast. So, if anyone is making a podcast and they want to add more information to the podcast, um, like podcast titles, episode title, and um, and a summary of the episode, um, that's something that you get in the Forecast interface. Um, and if you have added chapter notes um, or chapter t- chapters in general. Um, that is being be- being picked up in forecast, and you can add URLs for each of the chapters and images for each of the chapters. So it's a neat way of sort of handling all of that meta- metadata in one place after you've been, um, after you've finished editing before you export to an MP3, and then you get your file, and then it's all good to go for your listeners.
1: And it's probably the fastest MP3 encoder uh, on on the Mac. Because Marco did some stuff to multi-thread that. So if you happen to have a a computer with more than one thread, you'll probably get a faster MP3 wave to MP3 encode than on, I mean, at least all the others that I would have tried.
0: All right. Cool. Hmm. Didn't know about that. That's great. Hmm. Uh, Yes, that's my pick. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we used it basically since episode one. So, yeah. Very, very useful.
0: Yeah. I really like the logo he went with as well for this app, <laughs> uh, because Germans really like their chapters, because their episode tends to be, f- their podcasts can be between three and five hours They long.
1: were right all along. Chapter and, marks are super useful.
0: And because of that, I think he made this for, specifically for people who from Germany who wanted something like that. I this. think
1: it's more of a reference to, to that Germans were
0: right yeah. in that. <laughs> that they were right. I think it's more that Germans use a lot of uh, chapters, and that was... Sure. So it's basically the colors of the German flag. It's mm. a really nice um, logo. Mm.
1: And uh, there's also check that if you happen to have any longer silence in your MP3 or in your WAV file, it will tell you about it. And I think uh, more than once it, uh, it saved me from, from too late realizing that we didn't cut the last, I don't know, 30 seconds of a show after we cut out some, some cool. snippet or something. So even that is quite nice.
0: All right. And Zach.
1: Back to Zach. Back to Zach. I have set my thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kai's turn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, See, we're no better at this in person.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's why we usually don't record after 10pm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
0: So, Marlon, what's your (laughs) (laughs) Who's Marlon? Uh, Kai. Maybe I think I think you're the only one left. Now. What what did <laughs> yeah, you yeah, pick? Three people just one too many <laughs> yeah. to keep track of. I know. <laughs> Tell <laughs> um, me what do you like this week? So,
1: um I thought uh I I'll pick uh surveo. I I realized I've never pronounced it out loud. Um, surveo? Serv surveo. serve e o. Dot uh, net, um, which is a, a way of exposing your um, local service uh, to the internet. So, if you've ever done both front end and back end development, as in mobile development and and back end development, um, people would have probably run into the issue that it's um, not as trivial to run to be able to access um, your your local development environment from a uh, device because if you if you do development exclusively on your Mac, you can usually use the simulator to point to localhost to see whatever changes you've made in the back end. But that obviously doesn't work if you use a mobile device because if you point that at localhost uh your device is saying I do not run a server. What what do you want from me? So the the workaround that I've been using um for the last few months is to use Surveyo, which is basically um it doesn't require any installation. No, no, nothing really for you to set up. You SSH um, into uh, the Surveo server and it basically does a remote port forward. So you're just point saying which port runs your local development environment. I don't know if you're running it on port 8080 or something and say that you want to expose it on port 80 on the web. And then Surveo generates you a a unique URL. Uh, also, you uses Let's Encrypt um, to actually generate an uh, uh, SSL certificate. And you just get a random URL that you can use to build, um, uh, to, to point your device at. And then you can um, basically use a, your, your mobile device as you hold it in your hands to point to your local machine uh, where you're, where you're making changes. Um, on life as you develop, which is really good and super, super handy whenever you need to use your actual device rather than only the simulator for any kind of development. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, there are a few other ones, but Surveyor just is really nice because you don't have to install anything.
2: How... Why would you preference this over something like Charles? Especially if you're in front of your Mac.
1: Charles? Yeah. I mean, how do you get... How do you get your mobile device to point at your local development environment that way? Well, if you were reading all your traffic through your Mac, wouldn't
2: it um, pick up a, a development server that you had running on your Mac?
1: No, because w- w- how would you point that at your Mac? Let's say you have your phone, right? Your phone with Charles. I I don't really understand um, how you would use Charles. How, how do you force... So you would basically intercept your... Traffic on your device. Well what, child? if you have a development server set up running
2: on your Mac yes. and you uh all your, your phone's traffic through your Mac, it would pick up that development server.
1: Mm. So you would have your device configured to point at like a real server? Like a well, web server.
2: Wasn't the idea that you like your if you had a development server on your Mac, how do you access that from your phone, right? Sure. So then, if you had that development server on your Mac and you p- sent all your phone's traffic through your Mac, mm-hmm. when you attempted to reach said server, it would be it would pick it up from your Mac, which is running a development server.
0: But then, if you are in your local network, can't you just can't you do I different mean, approaches? Can't is- you, couldn't you access the local ip address the thing is, directly
1: i mean sure if if you have full access to your device there might be other options but sometimes i also then take my device i don't know like for example for the coffee app right um i'm working on things related to pre order and i might want to show that to someone that's not sitting in this office so i might go to a coffee shop to show them how the flow what the flow would be like so my mac runs at home runs the server and my my iPhone points at the surveyo um, redirect. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So yeah, yeah I, I guess yeah, Charles wouldn't quite
2: work if you were away from uh, the same Wi-Fi network. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
0: But would it, would Charles work if you are on the same network, or would you, wouldn't it be enough to just directly access your local device? Your yeah, but then computer? then you have
1: the problem. Then you don't have an SSL certificate, so then you have to add it to your uh, like to either allow all hosts or you have to have it in an exclusion list for the IP address. And it's just... Sure, okay. there are there are probably a thousand hacks you can do, but Surveyor just behaves exactly as it would if it would actually be on the web. So to me, it's okay. just the the most accurate representation of having something actually running somewhere. Okay. And... And it's it's super simple. There's no I yeah don't because have to for your device certificates on it of device. I don't have to run Charles. I don't have to have be close mm. to my computer. It's just the so same way, your, no matter if I'm in the same room or on a different continent. I can so just for
0: run. your phone, it would just be like any other network call to hit an a, right. to hit any API okay. any backend.
1: So I, yeah, so the phone yep. would essentially hit Surveyor. Surveyor would then check with my Mac whether it can serve that, and if it does, it it. Uh, or it redirects the, the request to my Mac. My Mac then responds to that request and serves right. it through Surveo back to my mobile device. So it's basically just in the middle, redirecting between the iMac, mm. in my case, sometimes to Mac Mini, and the mobile device. All
0: right. Which Fair is enough. super yeah, convenient.
1: Also means you can give it to anyone else, right? If if I would send you, Zach, a bill to try out, uh, I don't have to also send you the entire client and the database and everything else. I can I can just yeah, make sense build your a build that points at Surveyo or activate mm-hmm. my debug in uh debug menu, and then you can try all the new fancy stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, sounds good. Very mm. yeah. fill.
0: and free. Nice. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always quest- I'm always curious why why services are free. Please pay for. It's short for your things, people. I
1: think when you self host it, if you want to self host it, you have to pay for it.
0: Okay, so it's more like a trial plan. Like it's meant to be for you to try it.
1: No, it's not about trying it. It's more if, if you have like super mission critical stuff, like certain things okay. you might not want to uh, expose to survey or whatever. Oh, okay. You might want to host it somewhere on your own machine, mm. use your own domain, those kind of things.
0: Yeah, okay, makes sense. Mm cool um it's getting late so we should probably wrap it up
1: let's wrap it up
0: all right um looking forward to talk to you guys more about swift ui and what is it that we're talking about for the next year playgrounds on on the ipad
2: could be an interesting year yeah
0: Mm. yeah stay tuned people Mm. Uh, all right cool all right talk to you in a bit good night Bye. bye